0: الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على المبعوث رحمة للعالمين وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد وأنتم الأعلون إن كنتم مؤمنين وقال تعالى بل هو ايات مبينات في صدور الذين اوتوا العلم صدق الله العظيم Our dear brothers and sisters our dear ulama uh, extremely honored to be actually here to be part of this not sure is this the first khatminaboot second, second one after many years yeah I mean, you guys, it was West London, the, the, in the national khatm nabuat was in Wembley So that's West London for you, if you consider yourself part of West London Because we're from another country, another city, in East London, it's two different cities here um, so, <clears throat> so Alhamdulillah, it's an absolute honor to be here Because throughout our history, with any other good thing, there's always going to be... Uh, you have originals and you have fakes, it's a tradition You have anything that's worthwhile, there's going to be somebody trying to imitate and produce something else So what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent uh, at the end of every century He sends somebody to revive the faith To remove any confusions that may have crept in Confusions come in in various different forms You see, the human being, we're influenced by sometimes what we see and what we hear because we are human beings by their nature are social beings human beings by their nature are social beings we get impressed by another person what he's saying may not be even the fact or reality but the way they may be dressed the, may, the way they may articulate the idea using certain slogans Right now, the slogan is about peace. Peace, peace, peace. This is like the big slogan. You go to India or Pakistan, it's about morality. Morality. There's certain slogans that become trendy, you know, throughout uh, different ages. And some people, they co-opt those slogans to make it seem like we're the only ones who are doing peace right now, for example. So one has to be very careful. Sometimes the more intellectual person they look at an article or a paper, and if it's well argued in an academic way, even though what they say may be off track, but because of the force of, because of the the language, the the terminology is used, it seems, mashallah, you know, very scholarly. So you think it's it's correct, or they quote a lot of. Resources or whatever, and they think that's correct. And a lot of time, I mean, uh, haq speaks for itself anyway. But uh, when it comes to this life, the Prophet ﷺ gave us many, many, many uh, forewarnings, uh, you can say glad tidings as well, of things that were going to occur. Things that were going to be pleasing, things that were going to be. Uh, uh, Useful for us uh, to to give uh, to give us happiness and so on, and then of course he also warned about us about many many things. And these are what uh, this is what a prophet does. This is their job because the word nabi in Arabic comes from the concept of giving news, giving information, uh, providing uh, people uh, maybe information about the future as well. That's nabi, the one who's been informed by Allah, and the one who informs others. That's, you get that from a prophet So the Prophet ﷺ mentioned several different hadiths In which he said that there will be impostors 30 of them And two of them at least Were there in the time of the end of the, towards the end time of the Prophet ﷺ. They claim to be a prophet Why would you claim to be a prophet? I think it would be quite lucrative to be a prophet Like why claim to be a prophet? Well, you'd have huge influence then and Another thing you'll notice in this world is that the weirdest ideas You you can see this today like people may have not noticed this before because you didn't have you, you did you did not have um Access to everything that goes on but today we in the modern world with social media We have access to everything that goes on in the world And you just sometimes wonder there are people on influencers who have Gathered thousands hundreds of thousands of followers. You're like, what are you even talking about? It's just this is human beings in Arabic. There's a very simple saying that says for every dropped thing Like for even for dropped things that we discard is somebody to pick it up in America I remember in our apartment complex. We had these communal bins the trash cans So we would throw away a lot of stuff there. Every morning there was a guy there, every morning looking for things that could be useful for them, recycling or whatever. For us, we have no use. We can't bother going recycling it, but for them it's useful. So for every ideology, there's going to be somebody to pick it up. Hippie ideologies, whatever it may be, there's going to be somebody to pick it up. Right? And a lot of the time, the people who pick up these things are people who don't have something already. They're lost. Or maybe they've been alienated sometimes from their own ideology or maybe they don't have an ideology maybe they've never had one so they're looking for somewhere to belong and if that's the first thing that they see and it makes a bit of sense to them it's a bit rebellious it's a bit dramatic then people take it on so the prophet has forewarned us and over the course we've had numerous people that have uh, uh, claimed to be prophets I thought I would never see one because Mirza Ghulam Ahmed Qadiani, the, the, the kind of latest one, uh, last hundred years or so, that was uh, before my before I was even born and we'd heard a lot about him, but after I was like, maybe I'll never see one, maybe he's the last, but last five, six years we've had these video clips that come out, there's a Qasim guy somewhere right now, every, tw- every time I do a tweet there's this Qasim guy who's like, have you listened to Qasim? It's like, who is this Qasim? I've been trying to block them. But they're like all over the place. Subhanallah. I don't know if you've seen Qasim Saab, right? Any good job um, if you haven't. Uh, then before that, there was a guy, maybe from Punjab as well. And no, but unfortunately, <laughs> I'm just saying it for these guys. So, um, nice guy, uh, you know, nice big beard and everything. He's saying that I am the Prophet and you have to get done a whole video about it. He's gone now. It's, alhamdulillah. I don't know. These People have psychological issues or what? They claim to be a Prophet. What else can it be? I mean, at the end of the day, to be a prophet, you probably have to have some kind of inspiration from somewhere Some kind of whispering from somewhere Now you don't know where that whispering is coming from So imagine, you know, you're a person who can be very influenced very quickly and suddenly you have a dream Or you think you have a, or a vision or a sound or something A whispering and you think, I'm the prophet now, I've got a mission Some of these people actually believe themselves as well. They're not just imposters in the sense that I know I'm wrong. Some were like that, obviously, but I'm sure some of them. That's why there's a book that was written about 30 years ago, I think. And I read it about, no, it's about 40 years ago. And I read it about 30 years ago. It's called a Mahdi by a Western author. Some of you may know about it. He talks about a CIA plot to get this guy. And at that time, there was no mobile phones. So this was all before mobile phones But they were using mobile technology That from a satellite They were going to have a beam That was going to shine down somewhere Where he was going to be with a cave or something like that Then there was a, going to be a hidden speaker somewhere And they, was going to, they were going to Give him some some Instruction As though it's coming from nowhere Now Nowadays we know about hidden speakers And it's, it's so obvious nowadays Those days it wasn't So imagine somebody sees this light And then Suddenly, you know, if you go to India, Pakistan, you have a lot of the peers that have come up and they're saying that, oh, we saw a light here. So now there's a mazar here. I don't know. There's a lot of this stuff. It plays on people's ignorance when you're far from Quran and Sunnah. That's really what it is. Somebody knows there can't be another prophet categorically stated by the Prophet Sallallahu How is there going to be another prophet? How can you even accept that and even have that idea that's one of the biggest blasphemies. I mean, we're warned about being careful who you, which scholar you take from. There's people who claim to be scholars and uh, giving strange ideas. Being a prophet is a bad ki as they say. That's like something else, much higher. But still, there's people who follow them as well. Right? So just because somebody gets a following doesn't make it right. Now, the Prophet ﷺ told us about signs of The day of judgment because our end is the day of judgment. Islam is going to continue until the day of judgment. There will come no other prophet, no other religion, no other deen, no other sacred law. Yes, Isa is gonna come, he will come because he hasn't passed away yet. He will come back to pass away as a mortal, uh, you know, as a, as a mortal human being, but he will have certain functions he has to perform in this world. He is a prophet. But when he comes here, he will not come in the capacity of a prophet. You understand? You have uh, prime ministers, they're prime minister, they leave, they come and they come for a consultation, they don't come as a prime minister anymore, but they were a prime minister. With the prophet Isa, I don't even want to equate the two, but just to give you an idea, because this is what they use a lot, because Mirza, ghulam Muhammad claimed to be Jesus as well at one point. Claimed to be Mahdi, claimed to be Jesus, and all sorts of things. Right? So it's easy for people to because we know it's a Muslim's belief Isa will come back. Oh, here you go. He, he is Right. In fact, uh, I think it was his father or somebody they asked him a question that if you're saying you are the Jesus or uh, sorry, not you but uh, the forefather Mirza Ghulam Ahmed was the Isa al-Islam. But Isa The Dajjal is supposed to come alongside him and he's supposed to kill Dajjal. We've not seen the so how can Jesus be, have come and gone And Dajjal not be here Very clever answer he gives He says, if your eyes don't recognize The Jesus, how are they going to recognize The Dajjal, the Dajjal's also come and gone You just didn't recognize him Dajjal is supposed to be a big fitna We would have recognized him, believe me Right? I don't even want to be around when Dajjal Is going to come, seriously That's another issue, I don't even want to be here Why, a lot of people Subhanallah, nowadays, what's going on is that if you want to become popular, start giving prophecies of when major events of the world will take place, this country will overcome this place and take over this place and there'll be a nuclear disaster here and there'll be this and the Nabi Akhirul Zaman said this and Nabi Akhirul Zaman said this and you'll become very, very popular. All of these predictions are absolutely nonsense, they're supposed to be ghayb, so why would anybody know what's going to happen in 2007? which came and went, 2014 came and went, nothing happened, Alhamdulillah I, My belief is that we're going to have another glorious period, insha'Allah I'm not waiting for the Day of Judgment I'm not waiting for the Dajjal I don't even want to be around because Dajjal is supposed to be one of the most difficult and challenging fitness trials, tests that you will ever face, that anybody's going to ever face so to take, give you an idea. What is your biggest challenge today? Meaning something which you shouldn't be doing, but you can't help. You know, it's it's difficult. What is it? I mean, maybe I don't ask you individually, but for let's say for men, what is their biggest challenge? Nisa, mashallah. I would have thought everybody would have said it together. Nisa. They're like, no, this guy's saying that's not my biggest challenge. I don't even know what a nisa is. Nisa means women and what is women's biggest challenge men. not men for sure well yeah maybe in some degrees yes you're right. <laughs> huh? okay uh, we're not we're not women so we can't we've never been women so we can't talk about that how do we know we're not women never been women so why are we saying that it's the biggest challenge let them speak for themselves right <laughs> it might be handbags it might be anything or whatever it is Anyway, the point is that if that's our difficulty right now And we find it so difficult to deal with the trials of this world right now Then Dajjal is supposed to create even greater confusion Right? Even greater confusion I don't want to be around I've got my own death to worry about That's my day of judgment That's everybody's day of judgment Focus on that But believe me, you go online And the most popular lectures are about signs, signs, signs and look, signs are important. It's not as if they're not important. The Prophet ﷺ has spoken about them, has forewarned us, gives you some trajectory, gives you some idea, right? Of, you know, we are getting closer. With every day, we're getting closer. There's no doubt about that. The world is a limited place at the end of the day. The world will end. It's not going to continue. Because eventually, as, uh, the, the nourishment of this world is Allah, Allah, Allah. That's the nourishment of this world. When that's going to recede and diminish, The nourishment of this world, the energy of this world is going to be lost and the world will end. That's why taking from this hadith, any masjid, any organization, any house in which the name of Allah is constantly taken will gain barakah. Because if the whole world is nourished by Allah Allah being invoked, then a little place in the world can also benefit. From that, that's why having your homes, lots of Quran being read. And the best way to do that is get your children to be Hafiz of the Quran. They have to read for hours. And Alhamdulillah, what a blessed place that is. And you know, I wanna tell you guys, look, now the world has changed for the better in some aspects. We have students right now in the madrasa I teach in in East London who are Imperial College PhD, either completed or doing it. And at the same time, they are studying now Sahih al-Bukhari. They're going to be an alim. And there's more than a few now, the best of both worlds. And we need to get rid of this idea which has pervaded the last hundred years, last 50, 60 years, especially in some circles where it's either this or either that, but that you don't make money in, you... I mean, they, they think ulama get sleep hungry and, you know, all the rest of it. Maybe they did at one time. But unfortunately, we don't do that or fortunately or whatever you want to say. There's a lot of money around. Okay, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives it. There are, there are huge number of students we have like this. I know one just finished his PhD, master, sorry, Masters in Physics from UCL, right? Where a lot of people would like to send their children there. He just finished. He's also doing Bukhari Sharif this year. And the six books of hadith I know one sister She's a hafizah of the Qur'an She's alima And she has a PhD as well Is there anybody here that can compete with her? This is the best of I, I would like that every one of my children Are going to be hafizah of the Qur'an Then they can do whatever they want In fact, my I mean, I'm just saying this My wife's every cousin brother of hers In Birmingham Are all halfiz of the Qur'an Every one of her uncle's male children are Hafiz of the Qur'an. Every single one. And none of their fathers were Alim, by the way. It just started. You can have that. Do you understand? You can do that as well. This is the only way to stop the ignorance, proliferate that will allow Dajjal to come. Dajjal will come at a time of huge ignorance that when he comes and does his various different acts and spectacles that he displays, you will have to stop, especially the women folk, from going out to see the show. Because it's going to be so attractive. And nowadays, you won't even have to, you won't have to, it won't be outside. It'll probably be on the phone. It'll probably be on the iPad. It'll probably be on the TV because that's it. The whole, you know, you can, this lecture can go around the whole world. And very soon, the lecturer can be sitting in your front room. Or well, at least it looks like it. They've already got the technology of the holograms. Right, so soon, I don't know. Well, Subhanallah, you know, you can just—you'll—they've uh, already got it. Where it'll be, it'll be as if he's there. So, you know, I won't have to come here to lead the Juma, then. right? <laughs> the personal touch. Subhanallah, so many people were depressed during the COVID because that personal touch. We're human beings, people who are loners. That they—they're they're far. They're few. They're dealing with a lot of mental health problems, Allah relieved them And the mental health issues have been raised, uh, have been increased during the COVID Because of this absence But you need good company, that's what we need We need good company, that's how we benefit So the Prophet wasallam told us many things So if you look at the signs, there are, you can categorize them in different ways The way the Prophet talked about the signs okay? Some have said the near signs The middle signs and then the later signs so the near signs were things that were going to happen during the prophet's time very soon afterwards uh, like uh, some of the issues that took place between the sahaba uh, Hassan anhu uh, managing to hand over the khilafah to our great muawiya anhu and by that avoiding a major conflict and bringing everything back you know at least for the next 10 or so year- years the prophet mentioned all of this he also said that you're going to be on this side or you're going to be on that side. There were so many things like that. He said to Aisha radiAllahu anha, "How will it be when you, the dogs of Hauab, will bark in your, you know, when are in your presence? Actually, when you will be there?" He said that. probably just said that once. Then when Aisha anha, when she went to Iraq after Uthman radiAllahu had been martyred, and she led that little army, that contingent. And then suddenly in one place, she heard dogs barking. said, which place is this? They said, it's Haw'ab. And then she recalled that the Prophet ﷺ had mentioned that. And she said, we're going back. Right? So th- those were nearer signs. Then you have the m- middle signs. For example, the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that a fire will erupt in Medina Munawwara. And it will come and it will consume... Uh, sorry, it will, uh, it will be like this. And the description he gave is that it will be so bright that... It will illuminate the necks of the camels of Busra. Now, Busra is in Sham, it's a long distance away. So, and that's exactly what happened in the Middle Ages, right? The governor of Medina Munawwara was there and they heard about this huge fire that's raging. What it was, it was an overflowing uh, volcanic ash, a lava flow. And it was just consuming everything in its path. Because if you go to Medina Munawwara today and you go a bit out, there are all these. Uh, Lava tracts that are all solid now, it's all black, right, stone, right? And even recently geologists have studied those areas and it's really interesting They've seen the flow going in a particular direction towards Masjid al-Nabawi But amazingly before it reaches Masjid al-Nabawi, it takes like a sharp turn and what happened was that this was coming, and mashallah, in those days when this would happen, the, the, the Amir of Medina, Munawwara, he freed many slaves, gave a lot of sadaqa. everybody rushed to the masjid. It must have been a very much smaller town than it is right now, a much smaller city. Than it. Everybody's in a masjid making dua, salat, because it's all gonna end. And subhanallah, just before it touched, it shifted. Miraculously, it doesn't do that, it just suddenly just turned. And they were saved. And the Prophet had predicted these things, a number of other things had been predicted. Then of course there's the prediction for the more end of times, which a lot of people are talking about nowadays, But the Jal itself. So now, there's another way to look at the signs, okay? That's one way of to look at the signs, in terms of when they will occur. Another way to look at the signs are minor and major. So what are the minor signs of the Day of Judgment? And what are the major signs of the Day of Judgment? Minor signs in this, according to this, are those signs which will occur in different parts of the world, you know, in different intensities. They won't necessarily be global phenomena. So, for example, uh, you'll have the disobedience to parents. Now, there's disobedience to parents more in some places compared to the other. Uh, The prevalence of... Zina and fornication While the whole world is going through that But there's some places just worse than other It's just open, tolerated Encouraged in some places In other places it might happen but it's taboo Right? Likewise, the prevalence of dancing, singing And all of these other strange things that happen Those are minor signs The, the, high, uh, the, 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 the erection of high buildings That's a minor sign Alright, so you see that that it's happening in some areas, but in other areas it's not happening. For example, you compare a country in Europe that has a lot of oil, it's one of the richest countries in the world. Norway, one of the richest countries in the world, they have oil, huge amounts of oil. Very different from our Gulf countries, right? They knew that this oil is going to end one day, so they started planning. They've got a sovereign fund, they put the money in there. When you go to Norway, a bottle of water costs about 150 on average. Here I think the average price is 75 pence, airport 1 pound, 1 pound 20, Norway 1 pound 50 is kind of the average price, people's salaries are high as well though, It's, it's just very expensive, Denmark and Norway just very expensive place, they actually travel to Sweden to shop, Sweden is more like the UK, it's in between the two, anyway, so they've invested in all the publicly floated companies of the world, so in Apple and... Tesla and all of these They own on average 1.5% of every, con- every company in the world You go there, there's no glitz There's no designer brands in your face It doesn't seem like dunya 10.0 Or on steroids As some other countries are like that Where you go there for two days And you're like, that's enough dunya for me Let me get out of here Alright I mean, if you've experienced that, you'll know If you haven't, it doesn't matter I don't have to say where that is Alright So Minor signs and major signs So minor signs are like that and they're all over the place. They happen and we can do something to deal with those We can remove the disobedience to parents. We can minimize it by educating people giving them respect of parents Right the only reason I respect my parents, you know more more is because of what I read of hadith What the hadith I've read the Quranic verses I've read. That's what makes me fear that you have issues with your parents you know, you don't, especially nowadays when people don't see eye to eye, individualism, you know, the whole family system is breaking down. Everybody's got their own mind. A pair fathers have good businesses, but the children don't want to take over that. They want to do something else, right? And, you know, subhanAllah. So, major signs then are going to be global phenomena. They're going to affect everything. The world is going to change at that time. That's what I understand from this. The first of the major signs will be Mahdi, radiAllahu anhu. How? So, what's going to happen is that the world is going to be in major t- turmoil. There's going to be confusion. There's going to be probably internecine fighting. There's going to be a lot of confusion. Right. Now, there are problems today, but there's been worse problems before. That's what's interesting to know. If you look back. Several centuries ago Baghdad, when it was the Darul Khilafah, the Abbasids The Abbasids ruled Baghdad from about 132 Hijri to about 600s Initially they were powerful, they were ruling, eventually they, became just, uh, they were just allowed to just stay there while the Seljuks or the Mamluks or somebody else ran the show okay? They became very weak, but they were still an Abbasid Khalif right? Until eventually it was transferred over to the Ottomans, right, officially or something like that. But the main thing is so in Baghdad, when the, it's, it's the Darul Khilafah, it is the center of the Muslim world, okay? When the Mongols came in after a little spat with the Khawarizm Empire, Khawarizm Shah, he did a bit of a blunder, he was a bit overzealous. When the Mongol envoys came, he had them killed. The Mongols sent some more guys that maybe there's been a mistake. He had those guys put to death as well, and that's why, that's when Genghis Khan just, just came and swept through all of these cities, leaving like three, four people at the end of it, just destroying everything. Right? When that happened, if you look at the Muslim historians like Ibn al Athir, Ibn Asakir, and all of these, some of them are saying like my our pens are shaking to write the harrowing incidents of this time. A million Muslims were killed in Baghdad alone. A million. That's, I mean, right now we have eight million, I think, living in London. Out of which one million are Muslim. Imagine all the Muslims of that time, of course, the whole city was Muslim, but it was probably a few million. I doubt it was seven million. But one million Muslims and the Khalif was beaten to death. He would have been killed, but the Mongols had this idea that if you let the blood of the, the Khalif or the ruler spill on the ground, bad things, they were very superstitious. So somebody gave him an idea that roll him up in a carpet and then beat him to death. That was a million people. That was worse than the, the shock and awe campaigns of recent times. So that's why the dunya, the, the Islamists had... A lot of suffering, it's gone down, it's come back up, it's gone down, it's come back up Everybody should read, and if you're over 13, you should read this book I read it when I was about 20, I wish I'd read it when I was 13 It's called Saviors of Islamic Spirit, the first volume right, You should read that book Because it tells you the ups and downs, ups and downs, ups and downs And you'll be able to make some sense of what's going on today Right? That it's not all lost. I don't think it's all, insha'Allah it will come back Because we have to make an effort. If you think it's all lost, it means that we've, We're waiting to essentially give the franchise out to Mahdi You do everything now. We're, we're done. You know, we can't do anything That's not the way Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala wants for us. That's not what the Prophet wants for us So the major signs will start from Mahdi There'll be majid turmoil in this world And then what's going to happen is people are going to be looking for the Mahdi So there's various different narrations about this. It says that some of the Muslim world's biggest scholars and uh, uh, people will be going for Hajj to try to find him, because they say that that's where they're going to eventually find him. So they'll be meeting one another, these scholars. Why are you here for? We need to find Mahdi That's what I'm looking for as well. And eventually they'll actually find this man whose name will be Muhammad, and his father's name would be Abdullah. And he'll be from the Quraysh, meaning he'll be from the Sayyid family. So that pulls us all out of it, right? He'll be from the Sayyid family. And that's why, interestingly, this Abu Bakr al Baghdad, you know, they've claimed these weird uh, they've not gone that far, I think, but, you know, the, lots of people have claimed to be Mahdi, right, by saying, Abdullah, I mean, anybody can be, we're all Abdullahs at the end of the day. Sorry, your father's Abdullah. Uh, you have to be Muhammad, but you have to be from the Sayyid family. They'll try to find him, and first he will, he will, He'll, he's, he doesn't want to take the responsibility, he'll go to Medina, Munawara, Makkah, Mukarrama. Eventually they'll tell him, look, you better take this on, it's on your shoulders now. So he will declare himself. Now, eventually that will become a worldwide call. The Jar will then soon uh, come and start doing his things. And then they will be in Sham, in the great mosque of, uh, of Damascus. That mosque did not exist in the time of the Prophet ﷺ. But the Prophet ﷺ said in a Sahih hadith That Isa ﷺ will descend on the eastern minaret The white eastern minaret of the mosque of Damascus Islam hadn't even reached Damascus There was no mosque there, it was created by It was built by Walid ibn Abdul Malik Just like Jerusalem al-Sakhra was built by him right? And that eastern minaret, I've studied in that mosque. Alhamdulillah, I've had the honor of studying in that masjid, staying there for a few months. And I studied on the opposite side. Uh, this side, that's where our shaykh was. And it's an amazing mosque. On the left-hand side, uh, the Qibla wall. So it's that's the corner. I was studying in this corner t- towards the Qibla. It's a massive masjid. You know the way Masjid al-Nabawi is? It's that kind of style with a big courtyard. And there's communities around it. And what's really interesting today is that in that corner is the Christian, meaning outside, is the Christian locality of, Jeru- of uh, Damascus Isa a. the Mus- Muslims will be there, the Christians will be there, the Jews will be there Isa a. will descend, I, uh, subhanAllah, that, I don't know, There's going to be an amazing scene I don't know if I'm going to be there or not, but I'd, I'd rather not be, to be honest, I'd rather be here uh, uh, Die with Iman, right, that's what I'd rather do Because if you're there and you're not with them, you're in big trouble, right, that's a risk uh, some people think that they hope to be there in a time of the Prophet ﷺ, that would have been wonderful as long as you're a Sahabi. Imagine if you're radical, you don't want to listen. Then you would have been worse off. Right? But we hope for good from Allah. wa So that's when Isa Mahdi anh, would have been being ready to lead the prayer. And when Isa comes, they recognize him. It's as if he's just had a shower, right? A, a bath or washed himself, It'd be water. And then they'll say, okay, you lead the prayer. They've recognized him. But uh, he said, no, it's, uh, has been, the iqamah has been given for one of you, Mahdi radiallahu He's not come back as a prophet, and he wants to make that very clear. That's why eventually they will go to Jerusalem, where they find out the Dajjal is there. When the Dajjal will see him coming, he'll try to avoid because he knows Isa is the end of him. The Dajjal will just dissolve. Nobody can do anything to the Dajjal until then, right? And the Dajjal is gone. Then the Muslims are come together. All the Christians become Muslim because he clarifies to everybody. The Hadith makes it very clear that the crosses will be removed, broken down. Swine will be finished, and the jizya will be finished as well. A number of other things that are mentioned. And then the Jews will come. The Gog and Magog will come again. An international, right, occurrence. And this time, Islam will not have any direct uh, power against them. Ulama say maybe the reason for that is that the Christians have just become followers of Islam now and But they came from a background of thinking Jesus is son of God And if he now continues to have that same efficacy right? Then they might think he is God or whatever Allah knows best, but he won't be But he will make a dua, the Muslims will gather eventually And then their time will end as well Then the world will be purified Then it says that now absolute peace will reign Absolute peace will reign The earth will... Uh, We uh, we, will uncover all of its uh, wealth and so on I don't I don't even know how to interpret this how it's going to actually play out Because if we say it like that literally it's just like all of sudden you just all of this treasure coming up Not necessarily the case. Allah does his own. He has his own way of doing that. There's really Strange ways that this might happen, but that's the general understanding and then after that things will begin to become corrupt again after that, pe- the after that peace and absolute Islam and everything Then it will start to corrupt again And then what will happen is that The sun is going to be eventually rising one day after it's just set It's going to rise again from there Okay, and that's what will happen It would have just sunset Everybody thinks it's night and suddenly it will rise again from the west Maghrib means the place of the setting of the sun It will actually rise from there Now when that happens that signals that from now on no conversions allowed, no tawbah, no or the door of that is all closed up there. But that's a worldly symbol of that. That's after that you have wa That you have the special beast that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send, which will go around again. How that will look, how we'll do it, Allah knows best. But there's a beast and it will mark everybody, Muslim kafir, Muslim Kafir. Because now you can't change after that. Slowly, slowly. The Muslims, Most of the Muslims will pass away through uh, another occurrence of a soft wind Quran will be lifted The Quran will be lifted What does that mean? It, nowadays I completely understand it When I read this hadith There were no digital Qurans. Now there is So that you'll wake up and there'll be just white paper Meaning it'll have been wiped off from your hard drive I mean that can happen, right? No, it's, that's more possible than the actual writing of a physical Mus'haf to be wiped off. Subhanallah, the stuff we've seen in the last 20, 30 years, a lot of the foretellings are just makes absolute sense. It just makes them come to reality. Anyway, then eventually, the day of judgment will occur eventually. Long story, long story. This is a short time, but this is just to give you an idea. Right uh, On Zamzamakan, we actually have a detailed account right from the time of Prophet all the signs detailed from the time of Prophet until the Day of Judgment. If you're interested, you can listen to that later on. But uh, there you go, that's the end of my talk. You'll hear much more about the whole uh, Qadiani issue, how they co opt these ideas to confuse people. So one needs to be very, very careful. With these things go back to a scholar learn your deen and may allah subhanah ask allah for protection the prophet actually told us to make a special dua for protection from the dajjal may allah protect us all and our progenies until their judgment jazakallah khair for listening may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you and if you're finding this useful you know um uh, as they say do that like button and subscribe button and forward it on to others. Jazakallah khairan assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.